Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn with me to Psalm 66. Psalm 66, and we're continuing our time in the book of Psalms, and we've been doing this for uh, going on three years, close to four years now, and just walking through this book of the Bible. Last year, uh, we jumped from the uh, Psalm 50s, somewhere in there, I believe it was Psalm 54, 55, and went ahead and uh, did a detour and took our time through Psalm 119. And uh, that took us uh, through quite a while, and we enjoyed that. The entire emphasis of Psalm 119 being the Word of God. And we were able to rejoice in all of the uh, teachings through the Psalms there and the great reminders in the Word of God. But tonight, we come to a psalm, psalm that deals with praise, if you would. One of the hardest things for uh, Christians to do, oftentimes, we struggle in this area of praising the Lord and acknowledging Him. And so tonight, for just a little while, we're going to be in Psalm 66. Notice what the Bible says, verse number 1, Make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of His name, make His praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works, through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee, and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did uh, we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exact themselves, Selah. Oh, bless our God, ye people, and make the voices of his praise to be heard, which holdeth our soul in life, and suffereth not our feet to be moved. For thou, O God, hast proved us, thou hast tried us as silver is tried. Thou broughtest us, uh, uh, us into the net, thou laid, laidst affliction upon our loins. Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. Uh, we went through the fire and through water, but thou broughtest us uh, out into a wealthy place. I will go into thy house with burnt offerings. I will pay thee my vows, which my lips have uttered. My mouth hath spoken when I was in trouble. I will offer unto thee burnt sacrifices of fatlings with the incense of rams. I will offer bullocks with goats, Selah. Come and hear, all ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. I cried unto him with my mouth, and he was extolled with my tongue. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But verily God hath heard me. He hath attended to the voice of my prayer. Blessed be God, which hath not turned away my prayer, nor his mercy from me. Let's go, Lord, in prayer for just a few moments. We're going to look at this passage of Scripture a lot, uh, dealing with this psalm this evening, and I pray will be a help and an encouragement to you. Lord, we come to you tonight. Lord, we do thank you. Lord, we thank you for your goodness this evening, and Lord, we thank you for the reminder in this psalm and dealing with praise. Uh, Lord, we thank you for uh, all that you no doubt have done in our lives. Lord, many things that we've missed. Lord, some that we have been reminded of, and Lord, we want to look to you tonight and be reminded of. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a people of praise. Lord, the month of November is approaching, and Lord, no doubt many of us, if not all of us, and all over social media, the emphasis is going to be thanksgiving and being a thankful people. But I believe, Lord, that we see that principle all throughout your word, not just for one month, 
But Lord, may our lives daily speak of a people that are grateful and thankful. And so, Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we walk through this psalm, Lord, that would be a help to each of us this evening. And, Lord, that you would shape us, mold us, Lord, convict us, challenge us, change us, and we'll thank you for it tonight. Guide us now. Be with myself as I preach. Empty me of self. Forgive me of any sin. And fill me with your spirit this evening. And we'll thank you for it. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Notice with me for just a few moments, if you would, as we lay a little bit of a foundation, because this psalm has a lot. If you were to try to break it up into, rather you could, two or three different series or series of messages, you could do just that. Notice what the Bible says in verse number one. It says, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. And so you could start right there and, and coming and making, and then it deals with a joyful noise. It deals with praise, which we are going to deal with. Notice what it says in verse number five. It says, come and see the works of God. So you can not only deal with this statement that is found in verse number one, come and make a joyful noise, but he then says, come and see, and he goes on and begins to talk about the work of God. But then a little bit further down, verse number 16, the Bible says, come and hear. All ye that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. And let me share with you this evening, in each of these passages of Scripture, if you were just to pause for a few moments, and you were to begin to preach on that thought of come and make a joyful noise, there's a lot for us tonight to make a joyful noise about. There's a lot for us to thank the Lord for. There's a lot to rejoice in. There's a lot to consider, if you would. If you were to pause for a few minutes and and think of that verse, verse number five, come and see the works of God, we would be there for quite a while as well because there's a lot to acknowledge. There's a lot to see. As a matter of fact, as you continue walking on down, he begins, the psalmist, to take us back along the journey. The Bible says in verse number six, as he says, come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of man. He says this, he turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. I mean, there's a lot to see. If you were to pause in your own life and just consider the things that God has done and you were to come and see those things, you would be there for quite a while. But it gets even better. I love this because verse number 16, he says this, come and hear all ye that fear God and I will declare what he hath done. Notice these words for my soul. And as you walk through what he is dealing with for my soul, he's going to expound a little bit on that, which we're going to see here in just a little while. And he begins to testify of what God has done in his own life. And God has not only done in his presence and before his eyes, but deeply rooted in his soul. And he begins to acknowledge that. And so there's a lot there as you begin to consider what is taking place. But then as you continue walking on through this passage of scripture, notice a couple of things as you go to verse number five. It begins to take all of the emphasis for just a few moments because in verses one through four, it is acknowledging, if you would, acknowledging why and acknowledging what. But then all of a sudden in verse number five, it begins to acknowledge who. You see, in verse number five, it says he is terrible in his doing. It says in verse number six, he turned the sea. In verse number seven, he ruleth by his power forever. In verse number 10, it says, for thou, O God. In verse number 11, it says, thou brought us uh, uh, us into the net. Thou laidst affliction upon our loins. Verse number 12, thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, but thou brought us us out into a wealthy place. So you could begin to just talk about the Lord this evening, who he is and what he has done and how powerful and great he is. But there's also a statement that is made in verse number 12 that I don't want you to miss because it is a very powerful statement. It's right at the very end of verse number 12. It says, but thou brought us us out 
into a wealthy place. Can I share with you tonight, as I began to study that statement, broughtest us out. I began to think about the many things in my own life that the Lord has, has kept me from and brought me out of. But aren't you thankful that the very last statement that is made is not just what he brought you out of, but it goes on and it says this, brought us out, but then it says into. See, there's a, a common misconception sometimes in our lives where we begin to miss that the Lord has protected us from some things and he's brought us out of some things, but where is he taking us? You see, sometimes we acknowledge what he has brought us out of, but what has he brought us into? And the psalmist here in this passage of scripture begins to acknowledge all of this as we've just laid a little bit of a foundation. This is a very rich psalm. I don't know how long we're going to be in this psalm. We might be here just tonight. We might be a couple of nights. I don't really know as far as the study that we will take, but I'm grateful to know that there's a lot as you begin to emphasize just the word of God, the Lord's dealings with his people, the Lord's dealings with us, the Lord's dealings with praise. All of this is found And the psalmist is just very simply saying this, it's all about him. It's all about him, and it's all about him. You see, each of these statements that are made, verse number one, make a joyful noise, notice this, unto God. Unto God. It's all about the Lord. Verse number five, it says, come and see the works of God. Verse number 16, come and hear all ye that fear God. God, it is all about the Lord this evening, and we're so grateful for all the Lord is desiring to do in our midst this evening. Notice with me, if you would, verse number one, again, we see the call to praise. The call to praise. As we begin to acknowledge the praise throughout this psalm, we see that verse number one, the very first words that is found there is the word make. There's a call there. There is a command there. There is a call to action, if you would. There is a a decision that has been made and a call that is now being put out. One, being the psalmist, has made it very clear that this is what he is going to do. Just as Joshua was standing there and says, very simply, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so the psalmist here is already making it known that he's going to praise the Lord. But now it's time for others to join in. He says these words, make A joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. Another great reminder in this psalm is multiple times throughout this psalm, you're going to see that very small conclusion, Selah. Verse number four, you see it right there as he says, at the very end, as he comes to it, they shall sing to thy name, Selah. As you continue walking on down at the very end of verse number seven, you see Selah. As you continue walking on down to verse number 15, you see that it says Selah. As you continue walking on down, you're going to see that word Selah multiple times throughout this psalm as it's reminding us. And as Brother Powell or Brother Shetler, I cannot remember which one it was that was reminding us that when you see those words, it just simply is a reminder. Stop and think about that. Maybe it was Brother Dean Miller on the live stream. Stop and think about that. And as you begin to think about all of what is taking place here, there's some powerful words that are being used here as he calls the people to praise. You see, the Word of God has a lot to say about the subject matter of praise. In Proverbs 17, 22, the Bible says, A merry heart doeth good like a, good, like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Psalm 28, 7, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth. In my song will I praise him. Psalm 100, verse number 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. All dealing with the subject matter of a joyful noise. Praise, if you would. 
And so let's define some of these words this evening as we consider this call to praise. Number one, as you notice the call to praise, notice that first word that is found very quickly in verse number one, the word joyful. You see, the word joyful is a, is a word that is dealing with a, a delight activity, if you would. It's not dealing with drudgery. It's not dealing with something that is hard to do. It's not even dealing with something that is, is hard to look at. I think we've all seen it. We've all recognized it. There are some times whenever there's something that is going on and you can see the pain on somebody's face as they're having to take part in something. You've seen it. Whether it's at a, a ball game, whether it is something that is taking place at a, uh, just in public or maybe even in church or whatever the case might be, but you've seen it in somebody's face when there's something good going on, but you can see the pain in their face in such a way where they don't want to. Well, this is what he is saying right here. He's saying not only do you need to make a noise unto God, but why don't you start by making a joyful noise unto the Lord? He is dealing with this in such a way where he's saying this should be a delightful activity. This should be something where you're finding great joy in God, and so you have no problem giving joy back to him. As you're making this joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands, make sure it is something that is pleasant, that is something pleasant to see, that is something pleasant to take part in, that is something pleasant to talk about and to rejoice in together. And so he uses the word joyful. But the word noise is a very interesting word as well. The word noise does not necessarily speak of just the the loudness and the the chaos sometimes. It is speaking of the testimony of how it is being given. This word, uh, noise here, is is speaking of the honor that is being given to the Lord and how it is being given. There are some times whenever, uh, as we were talking about this Sunday evening, and there are certain times in our lives where we will try to seem positive, but we're using it in a very negative connotation, and you receive those news. Somebody is just letting you know of some bad news or maybe it's a, a situation and you use that, that term, well, praise the Lord. And you don't mean truly praise the Lord. You mean it like, well, sure, why not, you know? What, what, well, why, why shouldn't that happen? That's what we're meaning. Well, the psalmist here is saying it this way. He's saying, no, 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 not a, just a noise and not just an unjoyful noise. Make it in such a way when you are praising the Lord, you're doing it not because you feel like you have to, because you desire to. Can I ask you the question this evening, when we begin to talk about the subject matter, because we all get convicted of this, right? We all get convicted of the subject matter of praising the Lord because we've all been there. Where we weren't praising the Lord when we ought to, we weren't thinking about the times in which the Lord had done something, you know what, I forgot to thank the Lord and praise the Lord for that, and we begin to allow that ungrateful spirit maybe to come in, or whatever the case might be, but this is the subject matter that we become very convicted about. But look, I don't want you to be convicted about it. I want us to acknowledge this tonight because as I was reading this passage of Scripture, I want us to be able to say, you know what, I'm tired of just being convicted about this and doing nothing about it. Lord, convict me and then change me. Lord, help me to be an individual, Lord, where when the subject matter of praise comes up, Lord, that I don't just sit in my seat and get convicted for a few minutes and then go about my way. But Lord, convict me and change me and help me to be a person that is going to continuously praise you and do it in such a way where I don't do it out of obligation But, Lord, I just simply want to. Lord, I desire to. Lord, I want to look for ways in every single day of my life where I can find myself saying, Lord, I want to praise you for this. Lord, help me to be conscious, Lord, to praise you for that. And, Lord, help me to thank you for that and look for areas of our lives to praise the Lord for. I remember as a kid growing up, and we're in the season of teaching our children this right this very moment, where 
Uh, just for instance, we were out the other day, and uh, somebody, uh, there's a, a gentleman at the Sango Walmart, if any of you ever shop there. He doesn't work all the time, but when he does, he has a, a, a little uh, card, typically, that he draws something on, and he sticks a little um, magnet on the back of it, and he hands it to kids so they can take it, and it's usually some type of dad joke is what it is. And uh, he, he draws on it and all of that, and and so our kids, every single time, and we, we've had probably close to a dozen at one point in time of those things on our refrigerator because he keeps them seasonal. I mean, it's about to be Thanksgiving, so everything has got a turkey on it or a pumpkin on it or a corn on it. I mean, something, and he does it seasonal. And uh, just an older gentleman, he stands there, and he doesn't really say much. He just has those there, and it's just something that is there for the children as they walk in and just for him to be able to make a connection. And so when we are going in or coming out, we will typically tell our children that, hey, when, you get, when we're coming out, you can grab one because if they take it in, it's not coming out of the store. I'll just tell you that right now. They'll get lost or they'll get hurt. Something will happen to it. They'll start throwing, throwing it at each other, whatever. And so when we walk out, they always grab one. And the very next word out of a parent's mouth is what? Say thank you. What do you say? Say thank you. And so the children are learning the principle of saying thank you, but I don't want my children to learn the principle of saying thank you just out of obligation. You see, as Christians sometimes in our lives, if we're not careful, we don't have a true spirit of praise unto the Lord. We just do it out of obligation. We've been praying about something for quite a while, or we've been needing something to come through, and it finally comes through, and we offer the Lord just very simply, Lord, thank you. No, 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 no. Lord, I want to pause for a few minutes. Lord, I want to acknowledge this was a big mountain in my life. Lord, this was a big prayer request in my life. This was something that I had labored in prayer. Lord, I don't want to just breeze right on through it. Lord, I want to praise you with a joyful noise. Lord, I don't want to do it just out of obligation. Lord, I want to truly acknowledge this. Lord, you have done something amazing. Notice the psalmist here. He says, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. He's calling action to everyone in this moment right here. Make a joyful noise. Don't just make a noise. Don't let it just be chaos, but make a joyful noise. Be happy about it. Be enthusiastic about it. Make it in such a way where you're desiring to, you don't feel like you have to. No, no, no. I would desire to. You know, I've heard this many times and when it comes to serving the Lord, and we've emphasized this in our leadership meetings, that you don't have to serve the Lord. You get to serve the Lord. The same thing with praise. The same thing with reading scripture. We don't have to read the word of God. We get to read the word of God. Oh, I can't. I've got to do my devotions. No, you get to. You get to open the word about it. I can't. I need to. I, I've got to pray. No, you. You get to. You see, when you begin to change your way of thinking on the subject matter of the Word of God and the many dealings of God's Word and the many principles of God's Word, and we stop using the principal words of "I have to," but no, you get to. I want to. I desire to. You see, in Scripture, the Lord, all throughout Scripture, you'll see as He is dealing with His people, He is trying to bring them to a place where they desire more of Him. Not where they feel like, I have to have the Lord. No, they desire the Lord. We, we know we need the Lord. So he goes on. He says this, sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Now, many of you are aware of this, but for those of you who might not be tonight, I do want to encourage you, this word terrible is not used in the same way we use it today. When you say something about terrible, you're meaning that was just awful. That was as bad as it could get. I don't want to see that again. I don't want to do that again. That's not what it is talking about here. 
The word terrible here is dealing with the word and it's dealing with it in such a way where it's not an obnoxious thing. It's not a disgusting thing, but the word terrible is translated and helps us understand how awesome it is and how awesome he is. And so he says these words, say unto God, how awesome art thou in thy works. Through the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee and shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name, Selah. So the word terrible is speaking of how awesome the Lord is. As a matter of fact, in verse number three, he uses the statement, how terrible art thou in thy works. And he's setting the tone here for just a few moments because he's bringing the people to a, to an acknowledging of, hey, you need to praise the Lord and you ought to desire to praise the Lord and be joyful about it. Don't treat it as drudgery and don't treat it as a, a chaotic moment, but bring joyful noise unto the Lord as you lift him up. And in verse number two, he begins to deal with the honor of his name, doing so in such a way where the Lord will be pleased with this and honored in this. Make his praise glorious. But then he sets the tone. He says, say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy work. So he's setting the tone for the readers this evening because in verse number five, he's going to then transition to this statement. Come and see the works of God. You want to know why? In verse number three, as he is setting the tone here, he makes the statement, say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. You ever been sitting in a testimony service or you've been talking to someone and someone just begins to just kind of casually or, or more just generically rather is a good word begins to testify maybe it's in conversation and you're just kind of passing through and someone just is is talking to you and you begin to ask them how how they are and you know what's going on in your life or whatever they they say oh man the lord's been so good to us well you don't want it to be just left at that right the lord's been so good to us and then all right we'll have a good day you know we'll, we'll see you the lord's been good to me well no you well, how how's the lord been good to you what has he done? You know, what has he done in your life? Well, in verse number five, he's setting the tone because as he makes this statement, how terrible art thou in thy works. As a reader, if we're reading the word of God, we're going to say this, well, what works is he talking about? What works? You know, what's the the tone of of the conversation? What's the, the setting here? And so in verse number five, he then sets it in place. Come and see the works of God. He is terrible. There it is again, that word terrible. He is awesome in his doing toward the children of, uh, to, to, toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. So he is setting the tone in verse number three as he says, How terrible art thou in thy works. And then all of a sudden in verse number five, he invites us on the journey. So he is saying to the people, come and offer praise unto the Lord. Come and exalt his name. Come and make a joyful noise. And then in verse number five, as he is bringing us along this journey, he says, now it's time for you to come and see it. Come and see all of what God has done. You see, you've ever been in a a setting with someone where there, there is something to enthusiasm. So you see, enthusiasm is contagious, right? You get around certain people and you go to, you know, we see this every single year at camp. The first day of camp, all of the youth groups are coming in and you've got, you know, one or two youth groups that might be a little bit pumped up and ready to go and just wired, you know, Mountain Dew in their system, energy drinks in their system. I and mean, they've been just drinking them all day. But then you have the other groups. The other groups that are kind of like, you know, they're just there right now. They're not really sure how they feel about this. They're going to warm up at some point in time, but they're not really sure. Well, then all of a sudden, you get these counselors up there, and they start, you know, just cheering. They start doing stuff. And all of a sudden, you start looking around, and all the teenagers are, but they don't have a clue why. 
They don't know what they're cheering about. They don't know why they're cheering. They're the orange team. That's why they're cheering. That's it. They don't know why they're cheering. But all of a sudden, the enthusiasm has got them jumping up and pumping their arms and looking around. They don't have a clue. Here's something special about the work of God in our lives. Notice in verse number one again, he says, make a joyful noise unto God. In verse number three, he says, say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. Verse number five, he invites us to come on the journey. In the Christian life, here's just how we get to relate to this. There are times whenever you are going to be put in someone's path and you're going to be put in someone's life, and there are also going to be times whenever you can go back and you can see where someone was put in your life for this exact moment that we're about to share. Where you saw a lot of enthusiasm, but you didn't know what it was all about. You saw the noise, you heard the noise, you heard everything that was going on, you saw the smiles, you saw the the, the joy in it, but you didn't quite understand. And then there comes someone along where you're having a conversation, and maybe you ask the question, hey, what's all this about? And they make this statement, hey, come with me. Hey, what's, the, what's, this, what's this Saturday visitation? What's this youth conference about? Or what's this, you know, revival y'all are talking about? What's this big service that's up and coming? What's this ministry that you guys have to offer? I see a lot about it. I hear a lot about it. But what is it? And they say, come. Come with me. Come, come with me and, and just, just come one time. Come, come to that one ministry opportunity. Come to that one outreach. Come to that one meeting. Come to that one revival. Come to that one missions conference. Come to that one ministry, and you'll see exactly what is taking place. And all of a sudden, you say, oh, I didn't realize this is what it was. I was talking to my father-in-law just the other day, and, you know, when I go back in, in, in certain individuals in my life, in the ministry side of things, as I have transitioned in ministry, I go back and I see that obviously there's a lot in ministry right? There's, there's the, the mountaintop experiences, there's the valleys, there's the joy, there's the hurt, there's the pain, there's the smiles, all of those many things, and there's a lot of that. We get that. But one of the things that I appreciated whenever I was a young teenager that just surrendered to full-time ministry is that I had a pastor who brought me along, and I saw joy after joy after joy. Now, no doubt he was probably having some counseling sessions, probably had some things that he was dealing with that were heavy. But I told him the other day, I said, you know what? One of the reasons that I stuck with ministry, I never saw any of the other stuff. I never saw any pain. I, I saw joy. I saw happiness. And I, I look back in that as a young teenager, as I was being discipled in that and praying about that direction, and I continuously saw all of those things. And so as a young teenager, I saw those things, and I was talking to Brother John just the other day about this. We were talking about the young men in our, our youth group, and we were talking about those who were called to preach. And I said, you know, I was one of those teenagers that when the preachers were over there talking, I was just kind of over there. I, I didn't have anything to say, but I, I kind of wanted to just kind of stand over there and just kind of see And so when you had the guest preachers, if I was able to go out to eat with the guest preachers, gladly. But if I wasn't, I was at least just kind of over there. I'd go shake their hands. I'd get them inside of my Bible. I'd talk to them as much as I could. But I was just kind of over there. I remember being in Bible college, and I had gotten saved. And Brother Kenny Baldwin was preaching that night, and he preached. And I ended up getting saved. And later on, he would come and preach at at the uh, meeting at, uh, at the Baptist Friends. And I walked up to him. I said, you probably don't even remember me. You probably don't even know, but I got saved while you were preaching. And I went go back in my life, and I go back to those times when I said, there's a lot of noise over there, and I don't really know what it's all about. But there were preachers that brought me along and said, let me show you. Let me show you all of it. You see, there's some Christians here tonight that we need to be reminded there's a lot of great things taking place. There's a lot of noise in the world. There's a lot of noise. My son, tonight, we got in the vehicle. Most random question I've ever heard from him. We got in the vehicle, and he says, hey, Dad, why is Biden allowing us to have church tonight? 
I said, what? First of all, me and you've never even had a conversation about President Biden, but I said, what do you, what? You know, it's kind of like you're driving. He says, why, why, is, why, why is Biden allowing us to have church? And I said, freedom, son, freedom. That's all I'll say about it, all right? Let's keep it, but, you know, random, just what? But as I began to think about my son and bring him along, there's going to be times whenever he asks me some things. Hey, Dad, what's that all about? He'll hear all the noise that we see in verses 1 through 4. There's going to be some times when I say, hey, come and see. Come and see. And come and see all of what the Lord is doing. There's a lot of noise in our world, but may we be emphasizing the noise of the great God that we serve. As in verse number 3 when it says these words, how terrible art thou in thy works. How terrible art thou in thy works. All of what you've done, Lord, may I exalt your name. I praise your name. And so in verse number one, he says, make a joyful noise unto God. He says, come and make a joyful noise. He is calling to praise. But number two, we see this, and we might not get very far this evening. We see the humbling in praise. The humbling in praise. In verse number five, you see the statement, come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doing toward the children of men. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. He then will go on and talk about what the Lord has done. He ruleth by his power. Verse number 10, for thou, O God. Verse number 11, thou broughtest us. Verse number 12, thou hast caused men. So he's going to begin to be humbled by all of the works of God that he has been able to put his eyes on. You know, it's one thing, and I've talked about this in my own life, and many of you have expressed this as well. It's one thing to hear about something that is taking place. It's another thing to be in the midst of it. Can I share with you, if God is working, I don't just want to hear about God working somewhere. I want to be right in the midst of God working. I want to be right in the midst of it and seeing what God is doing right for my very eyes. And so he says in verse number five, he says, come and see the works of God. Notice with me, if you would, the humbling and praise. He was humbled by God's work. God's work in verse number five, he says, come and see the works of God. He is terrible in his doings toward the children of men. You see the invitation here. You see the invitation here. Come and see. And I wonder, maybe you're sitting here this evening and you've been hearing a lot about people praising the Lord and a lot of noise over there. There's a work that's being done. There's ministries that are being started. There's ministries that God is working in. There's situations that you've heard about. There's people that are being saved. There's ministries where people are, are just turning to the Lord. Whatever the case might be, you're seeing a lot of work taking place. You're seeing a lot of noise. You're even hearing the noise. But now it's time to come and see. Now it's time to get involved. Now it's time to come and see for yourself all of what the ruckus is all about. You know, there, there are times whenever you'll be outside, or I remember there were times whenever we were picking up certain uh, times and, and, and bus kids, we would go in certain neighborhoods, and you just never knew sometimes what you were, were, were going into. And there were, there were times whenever you, you'd hear something. You say, i got to go see what's going on. I, I hear something. Something's going on. And so you walk around the corner, and you see for your very self. You see, in the work of God, I don't want to be one of those individuals that hears about it but has no desire to get involved in it. There's an invitation here. Come and see the works of God. Not only do you see the invitation here, but you see the illustration being put forth before your very eyes. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. Last night we were in uh, evening school of Bible, we were in uh, methods of Bible teaching and methods of Bible study and New Testament survey. And in our, our class of methods of Bible teaching, 
We briefly jumped all the way over to Psalm 78 for just a few moments. And as you walk through Psalm 78, the psalmist begins to talk about all of what God had done. Marvelous things, as a matter of fact. Things that you can't really wrap your mind around. And it begins to give all of the many illustrations of all of what God had done. The Bible tells us in verse number 19, they asked the Lord still. They tempted God in their hearts. They said, can God? Furnish a table in the wilderness. You see, and this is something that we struggle with sometimes. In verse number 6, we see this statement, He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in Him. Those words, the very end, there did we rejoice in Him, are very powerful words because oftentimes in our lives, this is truly how we live our lives right here. Where we're, we're seeing the noise, we're hearing the noise. We see the teenagers come back from teen camp. We hear about the decisions. We hear all the noise, and we see all the noise. And instead of rejoicing, this is what we do. Well, we'll see if it lasts. Well, you know, we'll, we'll see. I remember making decisions like that when I was a teenager. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that they looked at it and criticized it. The Bible tells us right here in verse number 6, There did we rejoice in Him. And so he says, come and see. The invitation is there. The illustration is right before your very eyes. He turned the sea into dry land. They went through the flood on foot. There did we rejoice in him. But then we see the impact of the situation. The Bible says in verse number 7, He ruleth by his power forever. His eyes behold the nations. Let not the rebellious exalt themselves. Selah. You see, this statement that is being made right here is he is talking about power. He is talking about the, the Lord ruling by his power and what is going to take place. He then begins to talk about the duration of our God as he goes on and uses the statement forever. But then the observation is being made and something that we miss oftentimes. He says these words, his eyes behold the nation. Can I share with you, nothing gets past our God. Nothing gets past our God. You say, ah, oh, man, all the wickedness that is taking place. What in the world? God still sees it. Oh, Lord, all the, the, the many things that are taking place right this very minute. The enemies are winning, Lord. Oh, all the news and all of the struggles. And, Lord, in my own life, notice in verse number 3, he uses those words. Shall thine enemies submit them, themselves unto thee? This is what he goes on and begins to remind us. Lord, just by one word, it's all settled. Bible tells us in the book of Philippians chapter number 2 verse number 10 and 11 that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of the things in heaven and the things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord notice these words to the glory of God the Father all throughout scripture and so many times we get so caught up in the things of the world and the enemy prevailing but can I share with you as you go to the end of the book and you read revelation you'll be reminded that the enemy does not come out on top God is still on his throne and the reminder in this passage of scripture is that even in verse number 3 as he says under these words say unto God how terrible art thou in thy works through the greatness of thy power that statement right there through all of what you just say through all of what you do Shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee? As I begin to think about that in my own life, there are times as we, did, we close for just a few moments, we're not going to continue on. I don't want to rush, rush through this. As I was reminded of this, as our Heavenly Father with just one word says enough, it means enough. 
If you were to say something along the lines of bless, then a blessing is going to take place. If you were going to say something along the lines of heal, then something will be done. And the enemy, sometimes the psalmist is acknowledging even the enemies. At thy power, the enemies will submit. You see, the psalmist in verse number 1 makes the statement, makes the plea, make a joyful noise unto God, all ye lands. Hey, come and praise the Lord. Sing forth the honor of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say unto God, how terrible art thou in thy works. For the greatness of thy power shall thine enemies submit themselves unto thee. All the earth shall worship thee. They shall sing unto thee. They shall sing to thy name. See, there's a lot of noise going on there. What's, what's all that about? I see things going on. I see praise taking place. I see people rejoicing. I see people testifying. What's that all about? Come and see. Come and see. We're getting some work done on the property. I close with this story to remind you of the exact illustration. The Lord uses our lives to illustrate His Scripture many times. As you go about your day, if you've been in the Word, if you're reading the Word, you'll say, ah, I was just reading about this, and the Lord's allowed me to live it out. And we're getting a lot of work done on the property, and we're trying to get quotes for certain things. And a gentleman was over here just the other day, and he was looking at some stuff, and he pulls up, he gets out of his vehicle, and he says, hey, this, was a, this used to be another church, didn't it? I said, yeah, it was a Presbyterian Korean church, and before COVID, they were kind of dwindling down, and they shut the doors, and COVID kind of knocked them out, and then they sold the building, and then the roof collapsed, and you know, gave them the rundown on all that and how we got to it. And He said, yeah, man, I've been seeing a lot of stuff going on. Every, I drive by here all the time, and I see st- stuff. You know, For a while, I saw y'all were working on this and working on that and working on that. And so we were standing there for just a few moments, and we were talking about that, and I was walking through, and the very next day or two days later, he would stop in, and he was getting, uh, just asking a couple questions. He was standing right there in the gymnasium, and he was kind of wanting to walk in and kind of look at everything. And we were standing there, and he, he had seen everything that was going on. He had heard, and he had seen all the noise. And as I was standing there with him, I made the statement, well, now you've seen it. Now you've seen it. It wasn't just something that you were driving by, hearing the noise and seeing the noise. No, no, no. Come and see. Come and see. Can I share with you, as you begin to behold the Lord, you begin to behold the work of God. Some of you might be on the fence right this very moment. You say, you know what? I want to get involved in ministries. I want to serve the Lord. I want to, to share the gospel. You know, I hear people talking about people getting saved and how they're just starting up conversations and they're just kind of sharing the gospel. And I hear all the noise. I see all the noise. I see that ministry. I hear the noise of that ministry. I see all of these things. Now it's time to come and see. You see, when you begin to serve the Lord and you, when you begin to behold the Lord, you begin to behold the work of God. Here in just a few minutes, well, rather a few weeks, we transition from not only the work of God, but the ways of God. His dealings with us. His dealings with His people. His dealings in how He brings us along. The Bible tells us in this passage that He brought them out of and into. And I don't know about you tonight, but I am so grateful that the Lord brought me out of a life that I thought I needed and has placed me in a life that I knew and never knew that I needed. He said, hey, I'm bringing you out of this and I'm placing you into this. Can I share with you tonight? I don't know where you are. I don't know where you're at on the fence of beholding the Lord and beholding the work of God and the ways of God. But can I share with you? Maybe you've been hearing a lot of the noise and seeing a lot of the noise. Now it's time to come and see. Come and see. Watch what God will do right in the midst as you say, Lord, I'm going to take a step of faith here.
I don't know what all this is about, but I'm going to go ahead and do it. And you'll be like one of those teenagers on day one at teen camp. All of a sudden, you've taken that step and you've started to come and see and you'll start looking around as you're jumping up and you're not realizing, what am I cheering about? What am I, what am I getting myself into? But you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy every second of it as you get into the work and behold the Lord. Lord, we do thank you tonight. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, as we walk through this psalm, I pray that you would encourage us. Lord, that you'd bring us along. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to come and see. Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to praise you for your goodness, to acknowledge you. Lord, to allow you to do the work that only you desire to do in our lives. Lord, I pray that we'd set aside our will for your will. Lord, that we'd stop trying to go about our days, and Lord, we find ourselves saying, not my will but thine be done. Lord, I just desire to be a vessel that's empty that, Lord, you use, and we'll thank you for it. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would take this message, Lord, that we'd be a people of praise. Lord, in the midst of praising you, we'd be humbled by all that you've done in the midst of the work, and we'll thank you for it. Guide us now. Use this invitation, for it's in Jesus' name we do pray. Amen.